0: Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. Take a journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities with your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. now. Welcome to this, the inaugural Sequel Quest video show. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any of the podcast listening apps, know that this is a live version on our YouTube page. That would explain why the format's a little different. Now that that's out of the way, let's go around the horn and see who we have today. Hey, it's Adam.
1: And it's Jeff.
0: And I am your host du jour, Jeremy.
1: That means host of the day. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes.
1: That sounds good. I think I'll have.
0: The host du jour, I do speak French. Well, today we are missing our fourth chair this evening, but Justin will be back with us soon.
1: Uh, We are...
0: (laughs) We are off to such a great start. We are, we are, well, let's just start it over. We (laughs) are Sequel Quest, and today's show is dipping back into our 80s classic genre due to the controversial new movie reboot coming out soon, Ghostbusters 2016. Adam, now this is one of your favorite movie franchises, considering you've dressed your vehicle out as the Ecto Prius.
2: That is correct. So, uh... Now this is something that I just, every car I've ever had has had a theme. And when I got this Prius, I just looked at it and something spoke to me. It said, this could be a Ghostbusters car. So let me just show you what we're talking about here. All right, so this is uh, the the back end here. We got our our Ghostbusters uh, series of bumper stickers. We got the license plate holder. We got the uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man hanging from the rear view. And then if you look at the upper corner there, we actually have, this is something kind of special, actually, right here, uh, right behind me. This is a decal from 1986, a real Ghostbusters decal. So it's vintage right there. Um, Now, the other... uh, things that I've added to this is uh, if we are powered by Ecto Cooler. Recently returned to the market. I'm still waiting to get a, a taste of that sweet supernatural nectar. I have not been able to find it out in my neck of the woods. If you've got it, send it to Sequel Quest Studios. We'll thank you for it. Um, but I've also outfitted, it is officially the Ecto Prius C. So as I ride down the street, people know what's going on. And uh, I give them one of these. Huh? Huh? And uh... But either way, you know, we have, we have a good time on the road. But that is, uh, like I say, definitely one of my favorite franchises. As you see, got t-shirts galore. I just, uh, ever since I was a kid, I couldn't get enough. Uh, I'll, I'll get back into a little bit of that. But I'm just curious, uh, you know, Jeff, where do, where do you fall in your Ghostbusters fandom?
1: Well, first off, I want, do you want to go back to the controversial new movie. Is this really a controversial, I mean, with movies that qualify as controversial... On, you haven't been
2: online, Jeff, uh, is what we're learning. <laughs> this is well, uh... cannot stand the fact that this is an all-female cast, and just the comments that are being made are ridiculous. The cast themselves have already had to make formal responses. They basically said, these are sad people that hate themselves and hate life, and <laughs> we feel sorry for them that they have to spew their hate online. That's basically what the response has been. So you haven't heard any of that yet, Jeff? No,
1: I mean I have. I don't know that that would quantify as controversial. I mean, there's always people that don't like, you know,
2: things. Sure. Yeah, change know. is difficult. Okay,
1: <laughs> I understand. It's a, a different spin, but yeah. Um. So anyway, so for me, for Ghostbusters, um, I'm. Well, for me, like very opposite to Adam, I suppose. I did not like this movie when I was a kid. Like, it was very much like Beetlejuice was, where I saw it probably when I was too young, and it scared me, and so I never watched it again. Um, and if I think even if you go back and you watch, like, you watch that first movie, there's a lot of pretty intense moments in that first one, where it's like like Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver being transformed into dogs, and, and I mean, like, the even the scene where Rick Moranis gets torn to shreds by a dog that no one else can see like that's pretty intense and that scared the heck out of me as a kid but then I started watching the cartoon show and I did enjoy the cartoon show although it's still something about cartoons where someone gets brainwashed freaks me out there was an episode of G.I. Joe where shipwreck got brainwashed did the same thing to me so I still specifically remember a Ghostbusters cartoon episode where there was a haunted house and Ray, it's always Ray, gets brainwashed. Um, so anyway, I had a very back-and-forth sort of well, a relationship with Ghostbusters. But then as an adult, I've come to appreciate the comedy and the different levels. The fact that they got these four different kinds of comedians to kind of interact. And yeah, Bill Murray kind of steals the show. But at the same time, each one of the characters that are created... Winston is always my favorite. Ernie Hudson can just sit on a stool and stare at the screen, and I would love every second of it. So, uh, yeah, I really loved it. Jeff,
2: going back to your comment about The Possession, I had a quick comment. The only criticism that I've heard live of Ghostbusters in general, like whether it's the reboot or otherwise, is... Uh, just recently, I came across somebody and, and they saw my car, and, and I was like, Oh, they're like, Oh, you're excited for the new movie? I'm like, Yeah, I'm just excited in general about Ghostbusters. This is before the new movie. But he said, You know what? I'm not. And I was like, Why not? He's like, I have a real problem with possession. Freaks me out. So it's like, You're not the only one, apparently, Jeff. Like, there's other people out there that don't like the idea of being possessed, and if Ghostbusters portrays that, they can't get behind it. I just thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, well, and it's funny, too, because there is something about Ghostbusters where, in both of the movies, something like that happens, where someone that is an ally is turned supernaturally into a villain, and they don't really do a whole lot with it, but, yeah. Well, in Ghostbusters
2: 2, my favorite character, Dr. Janosch Poha... He has some pretty great moments as a possessed guy. I mean, he he definitely gets out there and uh, he does the bidding of Vigo the Carpathian. So I don't know. I I, I feel like he, he did a lot more. But you're right. Like with Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis in the first one, they weren't they didn't do so much as just try to find each other. Right. That was kind of their. Main well, and
1: even I mean, role. Ray gets possessed in the first one too. Right at the end when you know she takes possession of him and.
2: Well, yeah. yeah, that's Ghostbusters 2 also. Ray gets... Right, exactly. Gets like down. I said,
1: it's always Ray. Something about Ray. <laughs> a simple one, I guess.
2: Now, Jeremy, I'm curious because you're a little bit younger than us, so Ghostbusters was definitely, like Jeff said, Saturday morning cartoons. It was being promoted. Oh, speaking of which, I just happen to have a copy of Ghostbusters. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, on VHS from 1986, so you can enjoy your favorite episodes like Cry Uncle. It's fantastic. And how many minutes we got here? We got uh, uh, 25 minutes of exciting supernatural action. But since you did not get to see something like this, Jeremy, how did you experience Ghostbusters? For the
0: first you know, time? I I remember watching some of the cartoons uh, wow. just randomly because they had two different cartoons that came up. There was the the initial set that ran for like four or five years, mm-hmm. and then. It, I mean, they got played over and over, uh syndicated, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then they did something in the late nineties, and this is the one I remember a little more. Uh huh. Was Extreme Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the all-inclusive <laughs> Ghostbusters. Egon gets a ponytail. You know, we got a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. We got a girl. You know, we got. It's it's great. Well,
0: yeah. keep that in mind because that does kind of play into my pitch. So. Oh, okay. Um.
2: So that, but that It's was a little teaser. In a way, then was Extreme Ghostbusters. Uh,
0: kind of like I. I remember kind of watching. I don't remember any specifics, but luckily I've found Hulu has extreme ghostbusters on it. And the real ghostbusters is available on the crackle app.
2: Hmm. It's also available on YouTube. Like all the episodes of real ghostbusters. Oh, wow. It's pretty amazing. Like, I guess because people taped them off TV, so they could just throw them up there. That's where I've been catching up. It's just huh. finding real Ghostbusters there. In addition to my VHS collection, although sometimes I like to pop in the old NES. That's right, of Nintendo course, of course. Ghostbusters, it's a great game. Actually, this is terrible, and it does not play very well at wow. all. Wow, so do not recommend my Ghostbusters uh NES cartridge. Now, can I throw this at you guys real quick? The original Ghostbusters, I don't know. There's a little bit of trivia here that I think is kind of interesting before we get into uh, the main meat of the show. Do you guys know the original title of Ghostbusters when Dan Aykroyd put together his original uh, script that he was Oh,
0: I've I've heard this. I just don't remember what it is. What is it, Adam?
2: It's Jeff, do you know it? Ghost? Not busting, but anybody? Smashers. Ghost Smashers was the idea. Ghost
0: Smashers, and it was
2: going to be basically a Blues Brothers reunion. You were going to get Belushi and Ackroyd oh, together course. again, traveling across dimensions in space in the future. And they and they didn't have like the proton packs and stuff. They had these like magic wand things that kind of stuck out of their fingers. They just held and they would blast ghosts. You know, like it was it was a really strange concept altogether and it wasn't like anything they invented ghostbusting, it was just a natural thing in the future, and so um, and originally, like like I say, Belushi was supposed to be in it, you know, he passed away, and then they basically, they liked the idea of the movie, but Ivan Reitman and Harold, the director and Harold Ramis, who played Egon, kind of got together with Dan Aykroyd, and they helped him kind of make it a more realistic film, or just you know a pared-down film to whether there was that. It was, yeah, I think Ivan Reitman said it was going to be $300 million in 1980, you know, $4 to make. So they they brought it down considerably. Um, but I was going to ask also, there's some alternative casting for this film which would have just changed it completely. Do you guys know who the original choice was to play Winston before Ernie Hudson? No, I do not. Nobody. Eddie Murphy was was in talks cuz you know the Saturday Night Live, you know, history, they had Bill Murray, they had Dan Aykroyd and they thought let's get Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy in there. He's huge, but he declined. But can you imagine that movie with Eddie Murphy showing up halfway through? Like he would have just taken over
1: yeah he old. would have taken over yeah. and it's also the thing that i've always heard is that bill murray from from what i heard that like bill murray's character i don't know that it was supposed to go in the direction that he saw like that it did because mm-hmm. from what i heard he improv almost all of his lines like That's it true. was just kind of like go bill and he did and ended up stealing the show but like you Absolutely. said i mean it was really the rest of them that came up with i mean not, not Ernie Hudson, but it was really Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman, and and, and uh, Harold Ramis that came up with it, and then Bill Murray, yeah, became ended up becoming the star, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's the one everybody remembers, absolutely. And, like, even um, what, what's interesting is he was, even before he agreed to do it, they went to Michael Keaton. So Michael Keaton was approached to play Bankman at one point, and he turned it down, which is, again, it, it's just a little interesting bit of casting. And last one I'll throw at you do you know who they originally wanted to play Gozer at the end? So you know we got the ballerina with the you know with the the crew or cutter it, or the flat is top it Pat Benatar,
1: right? Or does it just look like Pat Benatar?
2: It just looks like Pat Benatar. Oh, it, was it was actually like... a male actor uh, of a similar build. It was Paul Rubens, A.K.A. Pee Wee Herman. Wow. They wanted him to play Gozer because, but almost because. Gozer was going to take the form of Evo Shandor, who was the one who created Dana's building and the one that, you know, allowed the gateway and everything to be created up there. So, if, like, he was going to take that form originally, then they changed it when he declined again, you know. So, just again, all the, these things, that if you just imagine the film like the way it was originally conceived, would not have been this beloved comedy classic that we look at now. So I just throw that out there as an alter, alternate uh, idea in your head. Um, but uh, so, I have one more one more bit of something special now. Ghostbusters two, uh, do you, do you guys enjoy that film as much as the original? Is that anything that's that any me, out to you? For me, I don't. Okay.
1: I did not like the second Ghostbusters. I was kind of disappointed because I felt like they went a little darker and they didn't do anything really like new and fresh with it. It didn't seem like it got as good a reviews, but I know, like, Adam, like, you've said it's your favorite sequel of all time, right? It
2: is. It is. I I think it just, it took what we loved and then kind of amplified it and added a little, a few new characters to a similar formula, but I just, like, I I just, I love it so much. But, Jeff, if you did enjoy it, maybe you just need to look through the image of a viewfinder and it might give you a whole new take (laughs) on the film. This Ghostbusters 2 gift set coming your way.
1: All right, so... <laughs> it's actually coming my way, or was that just a metaphor?
2: Well, uh, I love you, and if you want it, I'll send it your way. However, in the meantime, I'm just going to take a sip of my hot thermal beverage mug and enjoy the free balloons for the kids. Ah! All right. All right. I think we're ready to get into this. <laughs> was, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. This video up as much as we Big can.
0: <laughs> All right, time to transition to are the meat of our show, the pitches. Now, each host will have 90 seconds, approximately, to pitch their version of a current, and by that I mean created today, sequel to the Ghostbusters franchise. After the pitches, we'll vote on the best one, and the winner will give their full plot layout while the rest of us fill in and add to it, making a coherent and fully fleshed-out story ready for filming. Let's start off tonight with Jeff. And then we'll follow that up by myself, and then Adam will pitch last. Jeff, let's see what you got.
1: Okay, so uh, I would travel back and make this movie in the year 2000, because I can't make this movie without Harold Ramis, who sadly passed away in 2014. Uh, So in the year 2000, it's been 10, uh, technically it would be 11 years, because it was 1989 that Ghostbusters 2 came out. But unlike Ghostbusters 2, where they we you know we caught them, I think it was five years later, and they were all kind of like doing weirdo things and doing you know it was kind of a sad like post their their big rise. So anyway, in this one, they're actually all very successful. Egon is a professor at some very prestigious university. Uh, Peter has become a dad with Sigourney Weaver, and they're doing the whole marriage and dad thing. Um, Ray's the only one, although in Ray's eyes, I guess he would be a success. He's a crackpot that lives in some sort of a cabin out in the woods who's always kind of investigating the paranormal ghost stories and stuff like that. And Winston, of course, is still a Ghostbuster. Uh, But ten years later now, the Ghostbusters still exist, but they're uh, a new breed. So you've got Winston and then three new people, um, and he's kind of like shepherding them into raising up a new breed of Ghostbuster. Um... But then Ray pops up because Ray is convinced that the year 2000 is that Y2K is actually the work of some sort of a demon creature ghost thing. And uh, so he ends up kind of doing all of these things and that um, ironically the police end up calling the Ghostbusters to stop him. So it ends up being kind of this Ray against the Ghostbusters and they're the ones that have to restrain him and everything like that. Which ends up then... Ray kind of leading them into figuring out that, no, it is actually a giant ghost that's in charge of Y2K and it's going to bring her up about the end of all the world. So they have to call on Peter and they have to call on Egon. So now you've got these two generations of the Ghostbusters that have to work together in order to save the world from the demon Y2K.
2: Wow, okay. I, was, I wasn't sure if going back to 2000 would work, but tying it to Y2K, that's that's some fun right there. <laughs> Got to have that world-ending thing, right? So there it of is. Of course, the and it play. builds
1: on Independence Day, which, you know, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> Coming to a theater <laughs> <new> to you. you. <laughs> uh, all right, okay, my pitch, we are going to bring the Extreme Ghostbusters cartoon to life on the big screen, um, including the three kids or four kids if we want to add to it. Killer Watt is going to be our big bad guy using smaller ghosts who possess the bodies of other people to pretend to be a rival ghost-busting crew trying to discredit our ghostbusters, all the while pulling off his evil master plan of releasing the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man and the rest of the ghosts from the containment unit in order to destroy the city. Old and New, join up to save the day and pass the torch. Roll credits.
2: Okay, there it is. All right, well...
0: Oh, and I have Ghost Egon.
2: Oh, okay. So, again, gotta have (laughs) Harold Ravens in there, right? Okay. All right, here we go. Here's my pitch. Comes with episode art. So, uh... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. So after the events of the second film, Ghostbusters, they're given a full pardon by the governor of New York, and he actually starts an official government agency called the GHST, which is the Governor's Hostile Spirits Task Force that's funded by taxpayer dollars, and uh, Egon and Ray become the heads of the department, with Winston as kind of the field leader training the, the next generation of Ghostbusters to take over, and they have a cop-style reality show that's called Busted, and it, the purpose is to kind of create PR and, and goodwill for the ghostbusting in the community, but the real breakout star is Lewis Tully, who has gone from kind of the nevish nerd to a full-on commando ghost hunter. So then uh, basically we catch up, and now it's 25 years later. All of this has been going on Egon has passed away uh, and they're, but they're dedicating a wing of the Museum of Natural, uh, Natural History uh, it's called the Spengler Wing and it's being curated by Dr. Janos Poha but uh, they're doing all this in the wake of uh, kind of a threat from the government that they're going to be shutting down the GHST department But people are trying to make the best of it. Venkman and Dana come back from Montana, where they've been living a quiet life as wheat farmers and raising uh, Dana's son, Oscar. And uh, he comes to the big city with dreams of joining the Ghost Academy, but he hasn't told uh, his parents yet. Um, meanwhile, we also learned that Egon had a daughter who is basically his complete opposite, super outgoing and real witty and fun. Her name is Layla, but she's trying to distance herself from her father's legacy. Uh, so, anyway, what happens is Oscar ends up going to the Ghost Academy. He kind of rises to the top of his class, he's the, the big star. Uh, which kind of rubs this other guy the wrong way, whose name is Robert Storm Tully, and he's Lewis and Janine's son, who's been kind of the hotshot of the ghostbusting community as of late. And so now he's there, kind of gotta get off to the right foot with Oscar. Oscar has a roommate named Danny Peck, who's Walter Peck's son, who who guards the ghost containment unit. That's kind of his main job. So ultimately, we get the real threat. Ghostbusting actually gets. Shut down. The department is shut down. We find out Walter Peck was behind the whole thing. He gloats over it as they go to a smelting plant and melt all the ghost busting equipment. And just shortly after that, then uh, a ghost revolutionary named Ebenezer, aka The Nez, starts taking human hostages and demanding freedom for all the ghost captives that are held in the containment unit, claiming that the governments of the living have no jurisdiction over the undead. So he's out there is claiming he's gonna kill all humans to raise his army if they don't release his people, you know, from their bondage. And so essentially what happens is Ray trains the younger Ghostbusters now uh, on how they can get in and help them save the day, since there's no more equipment or ghost busting uh, department, and they go and get retrieve the uh, all the equipment from the Spangler wing, and they go out there, they save the day. Ultimately, in the end, there's a, there's some mystery as to. Who let this ghost militia out of the containment unit in the first place? Who's the traitor in the ranks? And will this inexperienced and outnumbered team be able to pull together and save the world? All this and a heartfelt visit from the ghost of Egon Spengler in my full pitch for Ghostbusters 3. So there you go. Hi. Ah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: I didn't have the other thing pulled up while uh, either of ours were going.
2: Uh, it's all it's all good it's all good so there's three of us and we now hold be- on hold on
0: you Hello. think on this you can't vote for yourself I know. but in the meantime now before we vote on a winner we have a goofy break for a non-show sponsor the infinity gauntlet oven mitts thank you to loot crate for these amazingly awesome keepsakes they were recalled for unsafe use in the kitchen, because apparently those people were not worthy to wear the gauntlet. But guess what? They are an awesome addition to any Phoenix driver this summer. When your friends are not wanting to drive due to the heat and a hot steering wheel, like Thanos say, fine, I will do it myself.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> oh, great yeah, wow. work. great work. Now, do you have two or do you just drive one-handed
0: <laughs> well they only come with the one hand so it'd be oh. kind of awkward putting a, a right oh, hand right. on my left hand and trying to drive
2: <laughs> but oh. i'm sure there's some there's some power there that you could pull from one of the infinity gems to cool off your other hand so-
0: right i mean it was only 135 in my car the other day
2: now, before we get into this voting, before we really make our final decisions, I just want to ask one thing here. Can you deny no. a kid who No, 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 loves... you're not
0: going to pander.
2: <laughs> Look at this. This man, he has loved Ghostbusters all his life. He is so committed to everything that they stand for. Oh, I'm just kidding. Everything that just... they stand for. Who's the blonde
1: guy? The blonde guy is my brother-in-law. No, I don't, the, on, the, on, the, either. on the box, not standing oh. at your party. Let's take a look
2: here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that Egon? That's Egon, don't Why you is know? he blonde? That was the whole
2: thing in the cartoon. He had a weird blonde white pompadour. That was crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, oh, was I did
2: tough. own the proton pack at one point.
1: Right. So. I think you actually lost a vote after showing that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's so rough. That's so rough. All right.
2: So... We have
1: just
0: Adam. Whose story do you want?
1: Well,
2: that's the thing. So I really love this Y2K angle. I think that's a really interesting thing. I think we could take it even in another direction. So I think I'm going to vote for Jeff's because that one jumped out at me. I was like,
1: Oh, Y2K. That's awesome.
0: All right, Jeff. What is your vote?
1: And I'm going to vote for Jeremy because I like this idea of the ghost, the bad guy, Ghostbusters.
2: Okay. Wait, so we have one for Jeff, one for Jeremy. Yeah.
1: So, and he can't because
0: vote I himself. can't vote for myself, I'm going to go Adam, <laughs> which puts us in a three-way tie.
1: I would like to point out, though, there are a lot of similarities between our three pitches, where we, both, we all have the original Ghostbusters and the new team somehow coming together to fa- face some sort of a bad guy. So mm-hmm. I feel like even if we don't come to a consensus on the overall, that we can... We can pick and choose and maybe mishmash a little bit.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because, Jeff, both you and I had Egon as a professor. I mean, in my expanded pitch, Egon would have been the official professor at the college. But he was going to have, like, Ray be the front So it's Professor – it's Ray's class, but it's Egon that does all the heavy teaching, like Ghost Egon.
1: Plus, and I think – and I don't know I I was just going to say, Jeremy, I don't know about you, but I I think uh, with Adam, I think you also had Winston as the one that was shepherding the the new class too, right? Yeah. So
2: So when you said that, I was like, oh, interesting. We're definitely on the same track there.
1: Well, what if we start with that? What if we just go – like we go – Person by person, we figure out what each one of the original people are doing, and then we mm-hmm. come up with the the big bad guy, and then we kind of we see what we got. Okay,
2: I th- I think that's fair.
1: Are we okay with that? Will that take way too long?
0: This this is definitely something new for the show. Let yeah, we never had it.
2: a tie before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. I thought about calling in somebody to be our tiebreaker, but I was like, no, nah, let's just let's go with it.
2: I was gonna say we should have got Justin's vote ahead of time, knowing he wasn't gonna be here. But, uh,
1: so what? He just has to vote blind. I just yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> I
2: would have made the call. I I would have said, oh, you don't have to vote for me, but I just I think you can trust this man. Exactly. No, anyway.
1: Good call. So,
2: oh yeah. So let's,
1: let's okay. Just so that. yeah. So well, I, first of all, I it sounds like the easy one is Winston. Are we are we consensus on Winston being? Because Winston seems like I mean the, I always love that about Ernie Hudson's character is that he was just there, not a scientist. He was just there because he needed a job. So it seems so perfect that he would be the one that he still needs a job.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's 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 that let's do it, yeah. Ghostbuster <laughs> who's out there trading. He's got his apprentices. I think that's perfect. And yeah, he would just kind of keep running the day to day stuff since yeah he's the blue collar guy out of all of them right right so i think that's perfect um now the question is do you guys feel that yeah. they should yeah be the real able...
0: question is yeah. what uh what time period are we setting this in because mm-hmm. we got to decide on egon, on egon.
2: yeah I, because I feel we like... don't we don't have harold ramus so yeah. I, uh, I, I what like i was it's better just to accept that he's gone and everybody acknowledges it respectfully but it's not something where, you know, they dwell on it for too long or we recreate a CGI or something, you know. I just don't think that's necessary. Well, and my one
1: idea, too, like with Jeremy's was that when you were talking about having, like, the bad guy Ghostbusters that were possessed, possessed, uh, or whatever, so that they were, you know, working on the wrong side, is that you could even incorporate now the new team of Ghostbusters, the girls, And so if we do set it today, even if, you know, like you guys said about the whole some people being anti-whatever, is that we could at at the very least still acknowledge their existence if we set it today. Um, But again, like, I loved Harold Ramis in it. So, like, yeah, that's a tough one for me. But I I guess I can see it either way.
2: I mean, it's just the reality. They teased us for a long time. We were going to get a reunion of everybody. And basically you had Bill Murray holding out and we never got it. So I think we just have to deal with it. Modern day, Harold Ramis is no longer around, but it doesn't mean you can't get the rest of the group back in. And they just kind of give him that that nod, how they do it. Um, so uh, how,
0: I, I, uh, how I gave him a nod in his death was uh, uh, f- shortly before they more or less disbanded or just before they finished cleaning up the city, they had encountered the boogeyman and i was watching the cartoons and the boogeyman was a big thing for egon like he was scared of it as a kid the boogeyman recognized him as an adult and the way they dispatched of him in the cartoon wasn't all that uh, great but i think what we could do was it was egon self-sacrificing himself to Take out the boogeyman and finish that, and that's what so he allows goes out him heroically. to. Yeah. Okay. He goes out heroically yeah. and is still hanging around as a ghost, or can make a, a cameo appearance or something that small, maybe never pays See, off. That I don't that know. was
2: the part that I struggled with because I felt like that was somewhat disrespectful to Harold Ramis because I wanted to do the same thing. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Egon, they had one, like, last adventure, then, you know, Egon got lost in that. But it just seemed, I don't know, like, I, I could see where it's a tribute, and at the same time, I feel like, oh, do you just mention it lightly and move on? But I could get behind that, just to say, and if the boogeyman, maybe we make the boogeyman the big bad, so maybe there's some stakes, and then Egon shows up as a ghost at the end, as kind of a, thanks, guys, you know, you did right by me. Type thing, maybe that's right. The
1: ghost thing makes me a little uncomfortable. But but what if like tying into what Jeremy's saying, like well, I think that is what you're saying. Is that so that the big bad is the one that killed Egon, and then like we don't need the ghost part because again, making a like because then even thinking about it, so you'd have to draw Harold Ramis and.
2: Yeah, well, it, it, it could be just that, that, that there's, like, a subtype of artifact of Egon's that, like, shows up at a certain place and they know, okay, Egon was here and he gave us the nods rather than recreating the look, you know, the visage yeah. of, of Harold Ramis. So I think that's good with, with what we do with Egon.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, um, but, we can do that. But, yeah. like, Egon's big thing was he was able to identify the individual and different paranormal situations and come up with a way to dispatch them so Mm -hmm. who on our crew now would be kind of filling that role is that something we grab one of the newer ghostbusters
1: i think that could even be the like well again it's been 30 years or whatever 27 Mm -hmm. years so it's like yeah, the, the the whole new generation would make a lot of sense. So it would be kind of that idea of why the old generation would need the new generation. So it would be to have, yeah, that transcendent... I mean, I guess the new one would already be a, a guy down because Ernie's with them, or Winston, I should say.
2: Yeah, well, and I think... I, yeah, you know, because the initial idea is kind of saying, like, well, doesn't Ray really fit that role? W- weren't Ray and Egon really partners in the whole thing? They kind of filled the same function, but personality-wise they provided something different to the dynamic, so I feel like Ray just kind of continues that idea, but I, I mean, I like the idea of someone coming in that maybe is the technical wizard yeah. okay. that so is the new generation that they need Well, All the right. thing
1: is, too, is that you've already, because then the Egon, yeah, Egon was definitely that bookworm, had the glasses and that sort of a caricature mm-hmm. and so it's like, with that Space vacated. We can now one of the new ones. We can have more of like a bookwormy t- type of person because we don't want to have like a second Ray or a second Venkman or a whatever. But we yeah. can have a right, new Egon, right, kind of. But we wouldn't call him the new Egon because again, that would be kind of. Well, yeah, okay. We'll- so
0: in the in the cartoon, they had one of the girls was uh, enrolled in Professor Spangler's class and she'd read all of his books all of his research like dozens of times she knew it almost better than he did so maybe that's we could pull her in and she's the tie between the old team and the new team because she she hits it off well with ray based off of the knowledge aspect and helps them Work together, I guess? Something like yeah. that?
2: Well, I can see that. So that that's my other question here then. So we talked about Winston's still a Ghostbuster. He's still, there's still work to be done, apparently. Um, so where is Ray at this point then? What is yeah. Ray up to? Because in Ghostbusters 2, they basically they saved the day, but there was no guarantee, maybe. That they were gonna continue necessarily. Like it seemed like they were back, everybody was happy with them, but Ray still had Ray's occult books, you know, like is he still running that business and Ghostbusting on the side? Does he retire after twenty seven years, you know? Maybe
0: maybe we do have Ray at the college teaching and yeah. he's picking up out the new recruits for Winston.
2: So, so in this in this scenario, do you guys want it to be then that there is like a ghost academy, like GhostBusting is official, kind of like in my pitch, where it's government funded and they just have you know basically the training ground where they they bring in people that apply, just like if you want to be a police officer or anything. Or, you know, I don't fireman know. For
1: me, whatever. like that kind of seemed like that was one of the things, and I mean, I, I'm open to it, but that seemed like that was one of the things about Ghostbusters is that they were the. They were the outsiders. They were the, not losers, but they were the ones nobody else listened to. So it's like now all of a sudden if they're a government agency, I mean, I guess that does change things. And the, like, Yeah, well, said, see,
2: that that's, that's the new with, dynamic. Uh,
1: out and out,
2: yeah, because to me, like, they were always kind of had the battle with the government, right? And then the government would eventually give in and realize we need you. And so to me, I feel like you, you get into the mundane ideas of, like, politics and, and all that kind of stuff that I think they would really respond to that would fit well with kind of their humor and their commentary on society that exists in the Ghostbusters movies. But that's why I kind of threw that in there because it seemed like it's an extra element that they would enjoy playing with. Well, what about uh, you know? this?
1: What if we, instead of like... And it's, it's also the thing, too, that for for Ray, like it's always the funny thing that Dan Aykroyd, in his later career, doesn't play anything like those characters anymore. Like, he was kind of... I mean, Ray is so hapless, and he's always the, Ray, what did you do? Like, that's just who his character is. These yeah. days, he's always the, like, gruff, like, sarcastic whatever he is. Like, what if he does a an about face, and he, like... Like you're saying, where it's it's now it's a political organization. Like maybe it's like sort of like a black ops part of the FBI, where it's the par. It's like they're the X Files, they're the, the whatever. And so Ray has almost become a politician. So in a certain way, what if Ray is like the bad guy? Not the bad guy, but he's that government one that's like. Yeah, um, whatever. He he's lost that now? free
2: spirit aspect yeah. and now he's kinda gotta, he gotta to to regain it through the end. process. That's not bad. I like that. Because he was the heart of the Ghostbusters and now that heart has kind of grown cold and you know, more calculating and more focused on keeping the, the you know, the, the business of Ghostbusting alive and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's that's good. Now Venkman,
0: let's but at, Okay, just, oh, so ahead. at Clear the me. at the same
2: time with with Ghostbusters,
0: it's always been their they're the outsiders, the outliers. Nobody wants to believe them. They're spooks, and it—I uh, it, would say like Winston could be like picking and training new people to kind of fill the spot, but it—it it always felt like they would stay small time. Well,
1: well that's, that's kind of like, what like, I was thinking. Like,
2: like if they were going to be threatened, that they would be shut down, or some law would be passed, maybe they would have joined up with the government, you know, just to keep... Right.
1: Or even, like, and that's what I was uh, thinking, like, even think about, like, the X-Files, where the X-Files, you know, the the Mulder and Scully were part of the government, but they were part mm -hmm. of that government that still nobody listened to, and they were still, even though they were government officials and they had to deal with their bosses and there was the conspiracies and blah, 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 uh, but they were still, yeah, in that loop. So it Mm -hmm. doesn't, they don't have to lose that outsider, nobody likes them sort of a thing.
2: Yeah, just because they're government funded doesn't mean they're all. All of a sudden, everybody accepts them and likes them. It just—it's just kind of a next evolution of where they were. So unless you feel like it totally deflates the, the attitude of the film, like I said, I think it's just a new twist that, that it gives them to work with, um, and and mine humor from. Okay, so, Jeremy, and so you know Ray. That?
0: Ray would be our political, I guess, insider, yeah. kind of the face of the Ghostbusters franchise kind of thing.
2: Yeah, he's the one who has to basically schmooze and keep everybody happy on every side. And at the same time, he has to be a little bit more, you know, kind of cutthroat here and there than he would we expect him to be, you know, or than we've seen him in the past. Okay. Now, do we
1: want to get, because now as you're starting to talk about Venkman...
2: Because Bankman
1: mm-hmm. is, and that's one of the things I think they loved about, like we loved about Bill Murray's character, is that he was like, kind of like the leader of the anti-authority person. Mm-hmm. Where he was, he was the one that was always picking the fights with, you know, making fun of the the politicians and then schmoozing, but at the same time making fun of the mayor and everything like that. Could what if, what if we create a conflict because now Ray is with the government? Maybe he and Bankman have a falling out. And that's where Venkman has gone.
0: I is I, I would agree with that. I definitely see that as probably the the reason for uh, Ray or not Ray Peter
2: walking away from them. Mm-hmm. Wait, well, and, and I, so he's like, kind of like been Venkman distanced been for a few anyway. years. Yeah, like I I don't think Venkman was never like a hundred percent behind it anyway. He was always just in it for Dana to save the day for for Dana. Yeah. So I feel like honestly like at the end of Ghostbusters 2 like I did in my pitch like and it was in you know Jeff's pitch I believe as well like they totally just got married they went off to raise Oscar they wanted to get away from New York because Dana is obviously a magnet for supernatural forces that come in and try to disrupt their life so I feel like it plus the fact that Bill Murray does not want to be in a Ghostbusters 3 but I think if you give him a weird enough cameo if he comes in and subverts the expectations of the audience that's exactly what he wouldn't want to do he would just want to mess with us and give us not the Venkman we want and that would make him fulfilled artistically and so that's why I had him as like a wheat farmer he just comes in he's obsessed with wheat now and he just talks about that all the time and he would be in the movie literally for you know five ten minutes but we got our Bill Murray fix and he said look I did it for you I'm out like, I know this is dream scenario, but I just feel like, realistically, that's what would happen if you were going to get him in there. You'd have to entice him that way.
0: Yeah, I'd see him less as a wheat farmer and more of a weed <laughs> farmer.
1: Yeah, of course, I'm sort of a hippie. I, I, yeah.
2: okay. and... I was go. even that's thinking, fine. like,
1: you could go full-on uh, uh, Wes Anderson and have him as Steve's, Steve Zizu who lives out on his little boat and he's exploring the ocean.
2: You know, yeah. Whatever. Now, he's still a wackadoo. Yeah, but either way, like he just—he kind of comes in. He's, you know, maybe they go out to him at some point just to reach out. And do you guys like the idea of Oscar being part of this? Like, grown-up baby Oscar, is now, continuing kind of in the legacy. Or what do you think? Do you like that that concept? Maybe,
1: I, it seems so strange to say that a baby really bugged me, but something about that baby Oscar—just <laughs> his <laughs> eyes. It's way too docile most of the time. I don't uh, know. you, you I mean, like
2: your babies to have a little spirit. You like yeah, little it's
1: true. Give I mean, come yeah. on, ghost nanny. Dude, give it a little attitude, man. At start <laughs> crying or something.
0: Uh, well, we wouldn't have to name. have the baby, so know, we could have anybody, anybody really.
1: Seriously, who names their baby Oscar? I mean, I apologize to all you Oscars out there, but like. Named
2: after a hot dog, you poor man. You poor, (laughs) poor man.
0: Or the grouch.
2: Yeah. But, but like, I I just think, like, that's, like, Bankman is there, and you see where he's at, but but then what we take from that is, you know, Bankman and Dana, happy with life, but Oscar not content being a weed farmer, or disappointed (laughs) that that's what his parents chose to do with their lives, and maybe he's, like, a real, like, uptight kind of, upstanding citizen, and he just happens to be visiting when Ray or somebody comes to, to approach Vankman and then from there we have the... Or maybe they... I mean, would you guys be up for the, the Spengler wing of the Museum of Natural History? Like, that's what See, brings everybody say, back for a quick... I like that except for
1: the other way. This is the Museum of Unnatural History. Why would right. it be History? This is a su- supernatural museum or something. Because <laughs> that's okay, the thing, too. Works. In In the Ghostbusters world, like, they can't really pretend anymore that there's no such thing as ghosts. I mean, there's still marshmallow everywhere across the city <laughs> probably. Plus like oh. this entire museum got coated in pink slime. I mean, it could they could be a museum of all this stuff.
2: Sure. Yeah, exactly. That that's what it would be is all the artifacts. That's why I thought it'd be so fun to have Janosh come back and he is the curator but he knows nothing about it so he's got like a ghost trap on display He's like this this is for uh, you know the ghostbuster get uh, hungry they put the the food inside is heat it heated up it's very good the, the salmon the broth and they eat it is very good for ghostbuster you know like he's just
0: less he's, okay like, less a curator and more of just a tour guide,
1: a tour guide is what maybe. i would yeah. say That's- yeah. yeah. I, and I'm I know that's that's your guy. You wanted to get him in there. has got to get
2: in there. Come on, but That Deanna. would be the
1: one thing that it's like and that was my 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 one my re- honest my real hesitation about Oscar is that there needs to be some sort of a separation because this is the new generation and if the mm-hmm. new generation is literally just the kids of the last generation it's kind of like where where
2: well, like that's what we I thought. We had, like one.
1: like, one. One is fine. Kid, but know, that's why I said if you yeah. did that, plus Be the one. That scene and whatever his name was, kid. Yeah. It, for me, that's yeah, a little I, much.
2: I stacked I, my pitch, I know.
1: Cameo. <laughs> like, let's not make him a major character. He's, you know, does a cameo, the Ghostbusters fans cheer, and then
2: yeah. away we go. And then, so what about Rick Moranis, Louis Tully, coming back into this? And well, I
0: doubt know, we can that. get him back
1: that's true. He doesn't act anymore. That's true. Um, yeah, he's retired. But at least there could make, so maybe in that case, maybe just like as a reference to like...
2: Now, the, the one thing I will say about that, though, is at the time when it was like really close to happening, the the Ghostbusters 3, like they said they literally had everybody on board Except for Bill except Murray. For Murray. And even Rick Moranis said he would come back, so I feel like this is the probably the one property he would do that for. So well, he's know.
0: kind of been on the fence about Spaceballs too. So <laughs> eh. <laughs> I, I don't know how. Yeah, he's still kind of on the fence about that. Oh, so
1: okay, I thought yeah, I thought he was just done, done. But either way, like I was even thinking what you could do, which would be kind of fun, like a fun little nod, is that in one of the scenes with Ray in his government job is he could even have, like, a, some sort of a chart of Ghostbusters or former Ghostbusters or whatever, and then you could have pictures of all of them, including all the ones from, what was it called? The Amazing Ghostbusters, or whatever your other shows Extreme. were in, Extreme. With the ponytails <laughs> and the pearl in the yeah. wheelchair. So there could be those Extreme. photos of those people, and just to, like, oh, these are all the people we've trained in the past. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. And
0: maybe that's where we do our uh, Egon tribute is they've got the, the wall of past Ghostbusters and it's plaques of all the, all the originals oh, and, sure. and then the listing of all the other Ghostbusters that have come since then right. up until that day. And that's kind of Winston shows the new recruits. These are the people that started the, the whole thing. And this is where we're at today.
1: So then yeah, from there, later. yeah. Well, what are, so
2: the conflict we're going with then Well
1: even before what, that since we're kind of yeah. doing people right now what about our what about our new ghostbusters So it sounds like we still have 4 so we'd have Winston, Oscar, and then two more and Okay, I feel
0: like... I I think with Winston he he probably is transitioning to more of a uh, kind of like the, the Batman beyond system, yeah, okay, situation where that. he's on the monitors, over training. the headsets, kind sure. of thing. He's
1: like seventy-five years old now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs>
0: right, something like that. So maybe like his first, first few times, okay. he'll go out with four new Ghostbusters. So there's five mm-hmm. there's, there's on like the a... training missions to start them off, and then it would be just the four of them with him in their ear, kind of thing. Okay.
2: And so, so now when I... we look at Oscar, like the role he fills, I think he's kind of like the Ah Shucks, maybe. Like, kind of, like, I would say he might be stuck up, but maybe he's more just, like, kind of the Ray that Ray, you know, isn't anymore. See, and maybe I was seeing him see more himself, as, no? like,
1: a, like, the punk. Because it, I would see as okay. like, because it's reactionary against Vankman. Okay. So, like, because Ray and Vankman, even though Vankman is the rebel and stuff like that, but he's not that kind of a rebel. So for him mm-hmm. to be real laid back, it doesn't feel like that's a complete split from his dad. Where I think if he's the, like, rebellious punk, yeah, you have the rebel part still, but it feels like that's a little bit more opposite. Like, he's rebelling against his dad.
2: And he mellows throughout the course of the film. Like, he kind of gets more respect for for something. You know, like, so where he kind of starts off a little brash, yeah. but maybe, you know, becomes more heroic and more even-keeled as the film goes on, something like right. that. Right, Okay. And then we talked about having a bookworm character, right? So yeah. Jeremy, you were um, saying like a female character that
0: Yeah, in the cartoon familiar. she was she was kind of Asian American, I guess, would be the way to put it. And okay. uh, So
2: yeah. It, so we, we put we have, we have kind of that that look. Now the question that I had was this like uh, I I would want to see somebody like her like definitely as an innovator and providing new gadgets and sure. new ideas and I, I'll just Possibly. One I, what one that I had in my pitch with Layla you know Spangler and my pitch originally was going to be not very good at like the basics of ghost busting but she was really good at improvising and in one scene what she was going to do like they were having a hard time trapping a ghost you know with the, the you know getting him in the stream and she would just open up a trap and just swing it and chuck it and then just have the ghost get sucked in and then shut it and they're like why did we never think of that so they created like the the trap launcher was like going to be like a new type of technology they would use based on her innovation. So I would see something like that coming up, you know, in field training scenarios or just she comes in with all these specs and says, hey, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Okay, so
1: the other way though. Because I was thinking, because again, this is a comedy. What if it Mm -hmm. what if she's an innovator but she's really bad at it? And none of her things work and so that's where (laughs) the comedy is but then at the end it's like yeah she has something really awesome and it finally or maybe they all finally click at the end so then it's comedy up until the end when it's just awesomeness then it gets the whole show is awesomeness then yeah i mean that's again it was more of a comedy so yeah
0: right i i would suggest with our our four new ghostbusters we have one the bookworm and she comes up with the ideas for the new tools you have one that's more of the actual builder of the tools and he's he can create anything and then you have one that's probably your uh, field commander i guess like he would he would call the shots Mm -hmm. and also be your improviser and then your fourth would kind of uh, not be good at all of them but he's your comedy relief
1: okay what if Because I was more thinking about, again, if this is a ragtag bunch of misfits, then, like, they wouldn't... That would ultimately be where they would fit in. Because if you think about the original Ghostbusters, like, they weren't good at anything. I mean, none of them were action heroes. None of them... I mean, like, Egon would keep inventing things, but, like, yeah, you know, they always kind of ended up finding themselves not really in the right place at the right time or something like that. So that was kind of my thought is that yeah is that if you i don't know as opposed to having like a you know a crack team of like strike force people instead you have people that don't do it very
2: well. Yeah, well, I think it should be they all have the potential. Yeah, and then, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you say, like they don't, they they all have kind of their character flaw that keeps them from being great. So like Oscar okay. probably is like the sarcastic comic relief guy and he has the potential to be a leader, but he always kind of lets his temper or whatever get the best of him and it messes up all these situations. And then you have, you know, the bookworm girl who kind of, you know, is a, is kind of timid. Maybe she like, she loves it, or no? maybe she's just what you're saying, Jeff. She's enthusiastic but not very good at what she's trying to do. And then you have somebody else who's maybe a little bit more uh, timid but, like, has a natural talent for catching
1: ghosts or something.
2: You know, like, who's, like, or the maybe, builder guy. It's who...
1: Like, What if we have, well, because now my other two thoughts were that, again, thinking more about those character flaws as opposed to what they would actually do well. Mm-hmm. Is that of having, because I agree with you, Jeremy, like that should be the dynamic that we land on when they all click. But leading up to that, I was thinking about having one, like, I mean, I guess it's kind of the old cliche where you have one from the streets who is just like, he had a rough growing up and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then so he would have the conflict or she, I guess it could be a girl from the streets. Um, and then you would have one, like. The opposite, where it'd be the pretty boy from the rich neighborhood or something like that. You could do that, those sort of an elements. The other one, because I guess they already did The Working Man with Eddie, with Ernie, which I loved. But mm-hmm. to do The Working Man again, where he's like, I found another. Actually, well, see, again, you, you don't want to just repeat Ernie. Because it would be funny if you get a bunch of 20-year-old kids, and then they recruit this, like, 45-year-old man who's just like, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> but again, that's what Ernie Hudson was. So... Yeah, I that love could it, be but
2: funny actually. You have you yeah. have an older, a middle-aged Ghostbuster <laughs> mixed with these younger kids, but they could learn from his wisdom type thing. Like just just again, not not wisdom as a Ghostbuster, but just in life, he maybe helps them kind of, kind of or one of them kind of you know maybe he's the one who helps tame Oscar and just be like, look kid, I've been through a lot, and you know, a kind of the attitude that you're spewing out here isn't gonna lead to good things type thing. I don't know. That could be fun. So, all right. So I I think we'll develop this as we get towards, like, the the ultimate bad, the big bad. So are we sticking with this idea that Egon died again on a mission, Mm -hmm. and it was the boogeyman, and now the boogeyman is kind of amassing forces or something to do some big deal. Like, I I was wondering if it should, with the Y2K thing, Jeff, the direction I was thinking of taking it for the threat is Y2K, but not setting it in 2000, necessarily. But saying that the ghosts, like the whole concept of a ghost in the machine, like actually doing that. Like, ghosts are invading our technology, and they're they're taking our technology hostage, because we... We live and die through social media and everything else now, right? So, if, yeah. if ghosts were able to be in control of our electronics, what would we do? That would be a real threat, seemingly, to all That's of us. That's
0: kind of where uh, the killer Watt played in in the cartoon. Yeah. Like, he could, he yeah. inhabited, like, uh, vacuums and toasters and was tying up yeah. the Ghostbusters at uh, certain things. and
1: Well, it was the same thing. It makes me think about, like, well, one, like Ultron. That's what they tried to do with Ultron, but they kind of downplayed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah. which even they said Joss Whedon got that. There was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they bring, I don't even remember what the thing was called, but this ghost comes in and starts seducing, what was her name, the sidekick? Whatever her Hello? name was. Yeah they start he uh, starts seducing her through the internet which back in you know 96 or whatever oh. was like ooh look this, she's <laughs> wow. on AOL uh, but yeah to use something like that where he you know and that cuz again it's it's it always was funny that in in the the, the first two movies the ghosts were never like malicious I mean, I guess you figure they would be eventually, but for the most part, when you looked at what the ghosts were doing, they were just causing trouble. Like, the one ghost that was just running through the park. Like, that's all (laughs) it was doing. Or, like, even Slimer. What was Slimer doing? Slimer was just, like, eating food. Like, he wasn't, like, hurting anybody. Yeah, Yeah.
0: and and in the movies, he wasn't a pet. Like, he is in all the cartoons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. But either way, I mean, they didn't have ghosts that were, like, you know ripping people's spines out of their backs or something like that. That wasn't the yeah. kind of ghost that they were. They were just like throwing books in the air or something. So to have a ghost that's like going on Amazon and shipping everything by drone or you know, like doing <laughs> whatever like that would be very in line right. I think with Ghostbusters. Absolutely.
2: And I think I think that's what it should be for the most part. But then you learn that whether it's Killer Watt or if it's the Boogeyman or whatever, like ultimately so, there is something more So maybe
0: more yeah maybe it's killer watt is recruited by the boogeyman in Mm. order to break out these other ghosts to distract them so that he can get out of wherever egon trapped him in to break him out of his own dimension so that he could become uh, back to this dimension and begin tormenting children again
1: what about what about like a step or, or or a step Beside that or whatever, what if, like, yeah, he's trapped into this dementia or something like that, and the way that he can get out is through the internet. So, like, the internet is his his oh, portal. Yeah. And so it's, We're like, kinda. he has to be released through the internet or, or whatever.
2: I could see he, that, that, yeah. That is the so one thing like, I would
1: say, yeah. like, and I don't know, I know in the cartoon they changed it, but in the movies, you know, they had these huge, big. I mean, like, Gozer the Gozerian and... Vigo, the whatever, and so the Carpathian. So it's these big names, and then Killer Watt. It just <laughs> yeah. it doesn't quite yeah. it it? something yeah. more spooky sounding, or even the Boogeyman. Like everyone knows about that, but should we use like a real like? I don't. know, I was looking into like famous American ghosts, and it was like, and most of them uh, are a little too creepy for. What we're, yeah, well, that's the same. Like, say, like well,
2: whatever. what if it was just? What if it was just uh, Lizzie kid, like, Borden? You know, Exactly. In mine, I have the, I have the big, big bad ghost called Ebenezer, but he's like the Nez or something. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like this kind of old-timey, creepy name that you could play with. My only you know, hesitation I, with
1: Ebenezer Scrooge. is that everyone's yeah. thinking of Scrooge and there's yeah. ghosts already in that story. So <laughs> Yeah, but... But I like... I mean, like, or, or... Yeah, but like a big... I mean, again, they always used, you know... Gozer the Gozerian and Vigo mm-hmm. to use something like I was even thinking of, like Vlad the Impaler except for a, I mean, I guess well but we had Vigo we already had Vigo, Vigo the Carpathian and Vlad, too many V words yeah
2: too close too close
1: <laughs> Vlad <laughs> the Corinthian no too too, way too close
2: <laughs> but like but maybe what but yeah but Corinth. so but I like the concept of okay so Boogeyman's trapped Egon trapped him but lost his life in the process now he's been trying to get out, you know, so he's, he's trying, and so he's using his minions. Now, the last thing I'll say that in my pitch, I had a, a thread where somebody was letting ghosts out of the containment unit, like, had like a deal with them, and I'm wondering if it could be something where like that, there was kind of a deal struck with a human, not necessarily, a, you know, a, a ghost who's on the outside, but a human that's able to sneak in there and, or, you know, like, gets some type of communication, you know, and is trying to open the containment unit again to let, you know, the, the big bad out, the boogeyman, Yeah, you know.
1: what if we go, and, and this is, I mean, again, I'm, I'm assuming most people have not seen that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so if we steal stuff from it, I, I feel okay. But, like, what if we go along those lines where the boogeyman starts, like, or whoever it is, the bad, starts seducing or whatever the nerd girl but does it mm. under the guise of, like, that she thinks it's Egon's spirit speaking to her. And so then Uh-oh. he, like, starts saying, mm. like, that's what how he convinces her to let ghosts out or, or whatever. And that, you know.
0: So we already have a good in, as long as she's still alive, with Janine, the receptionist,
2: mm-hmm. who
0: tried to spark something up with Egon. Yeah, maybe she's just still hung up on him and this would tempt her into trying to let ghosts out of the containment unit she'd already have access
2: that's true yeah. that and she easy. has kind of that limited simple understanding mm-hmm. she would just go for it right she'd be like oh if egon says this is the right thing i'll just go do it right. and i'm sure right. any Potts is up for it so I think and I, I would think that kind of, works I well. Think
1: it would, and it would also be funny because again, Janine was another one of those characters where it was just like she was the receptionist at this like, what the heck are you a reception at? Receptionist yeah. at sort of a business because like and that's who she was, and she was always there. So the fact that she would still be there 30 years later, it just like <laughs> yeah. would be perfect because now she's like in her 60s, and yeah.
2: So that that this is like the ultimate thing is I think what it should be is yeah, Janine opens it it lets all the ghosts out again. Now, um, the concept is, okay, well, how do they resolve it? How do they get all the ghosts back in? Um, I, again, I, I had kind of a concept initially that there was this idea of, like, you could, uh, you could create kind of a vacuum for spirits through the, through the containment unit, that there was a danger of ever having an open trap near the containment unit. Because it would open up that vacuum and it would not allow it to be sealed except from the other side. And so the the idea was that one of the Ghostbusters would have to sacrifice themselves because it would suck the spirits out of the living as well and pull them through. And the idea was that one of them would have to sacrifice themselves, go on the other side and shut it after all the other ghosts were already sucked back in. I don't know what you think about that. The idea was that the Ghostbuster was going to sacrifice themselves. In this case, it was... It was, it was uh, like Louis Tully's son, and then Layla takes over at the last minute saying, no, your family's here, mine's already on the other side. But then at the last minute, Egon from the other side closes the trap for her and saves the day. And I was thinking that could be like Egon's moment. You know, again, you just kind of see him faded in the background as kind of an illuminated being, but he kind of saves the day, and that's how we get all the ghosts back in to kind of get everything where it needs to be, including the boogeyman.
1: But I don't Kinda know. Kind of silhouetted, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad. I do like that. And then or not even that. I mean it could just be an arm and then they just know whose arm mm-hmm. that is. But as far as like the that moment of someone's gonna have to sacrifice themselves, I feel like that's way too heavy for Ghostbusters. Like that level of could be. Yeah, like that I mean like i l I'm a big i <laughs> I'm a big fan of self sacrifice. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem to fit again with the style. If we're sticking with the style of the first two of this kind of like, you know, supernatural comedy, then.
2: But, but if you think like, at the end of the first one, they do get kind of serious. Like, they were ready to sacrifice themselves, remember? Like, when they were going to cross the streams, there was the threat that they were going to die. And they all basically say their goodbyes to each other. So, I mean, that was a moment in the first film with a similar tone. Yes, it was jokey up to that point. But that last minute when they're pleasure working with you, Dr. Bakeman. You know, see you on the other side, Ray. Like, they basically I thought
1: they thought the goodbyes. entire world was going to be destroyed.
2: No, it was, it was supposed to be them. Like, they were going to be just obliterated. You know, remember Egon explains ex- crossing the streams and every particle in your body is going to explode simultaneously. Oh, I thought it was every
1: particle everywhere.
2: But, no, it was okay. just them. So that's what I'm saying. So I think it really does fit. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be super heavy-handed. It's just going to okay. be like... Okay, well, and that's okay. That heroic yeah. moment. Yeah.
1: Sure, sure. And then, I, well, because I would even do... Like, I was even thinking... Because then you would need some moment where... So that yeah, so that that uh, the boogeyman or whoever is working through Janine to have her mm-hmm. release these ghosts, which is causing the you know the the upswell in ghost activity, and then something happens where it's like, yeah, he convinces her that like he Egon is waiting, like she just needs to open it all the way, and that's mm-hmm. what lets him finally come out. And then, yeah, to shut it shut it again would be the, the, the resolution. Yeah.
2: Jeremy, you good with that? Does that sound like a good call? Uh, it is sounding pretty good right there.
1: We're getting
0: okay.
2: close. Well, let's, let's get into casting then. I think we're at that yeah. point. I'm very uh, interested to see what we go with here with the new breed. Um...
0: Okay, now, Oscar.
1: Oh, okay. Well yeah, no, so who it... will yeah, play I, Oscar. I have to admit. It's well, now the tough thing is, is because it should be someone that looks like an offshoot of Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray. Um, well, but, but, but
2: remember, he's not, he's, Bill Murray's not his actual Yeah, he's dad. not the father. Bill oh, Murray's true. the stepdad, yeah. He had, a, he had a different dad, so. It still needs um, to look
1: like an offshoot, at least, of Sigourney Weaver. So, yeah. because for me, when I think, and, and <laughs> it's because I've been watching Sons of Anarchy, so mm-hmm. when I think of the bad boy, I'm thinking of Charlie Hunman, who's the main character in Sons of Anarchy. Who is mm-hmm. definitely the bad boy, but I don't know if he's too old right.
0: Yeah, uh, a little, little old. I mean, age range we're probably looking twenty to twenty six. Right.
2: Is the key demographic there for them? Yeah. I I mean I my my one thought I had was somebody like oh, who's that guy that's on New Girl? He was in Jurassic World. Um,
1: oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I'm yeah, talking about? Plays Nick on New Girl. Yeah.
2: Like, I, exactly I feel
1: like... Is, is that he played, like, in everything I've seen him in, he plays uh-huh. that character from Jurassic World. So it's he's not the bad boy, he's the, like... I see. The, like, I don't know, charming doofus, maybe? So we're trying to find somebody
2: to that do. has an edge, like a comedian with an edge, then.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, can we, Can we? I mean, that's been the Ghostbusters thing. Can we continue to mine the... Um,
2: Saturday Night, uh, Saturday Night Live. Live
1: Wells? I haven't watched Saturday Night Live in way too long, so.
0: Well, that's where they got most of their Ghostbusters from for the 2016 version.
1: Right, right, and and. They they
0: the raided all the ladies. <laughs>
2: uh. So, but yeah, I mean, if you if you if you think I think there's a guy on there like Taron Killam, someone like that, like, um, but I don't I don't know if there's anybody there that's really a breakout. Breakout star, unless we were gonna get like for one of the characters, maybe Bobby Moynihan, who's been on the show forever, and he's pretty hilarious, but at the same time,
0: those guys are all probably uh, early to mid 30s. Yeah,
2: but I mean, this is this is like yeah, and I know what you're saying. We want a younger kind of younger crew, Uh, but like Oscar. I mean, unless you
0: unless you want to bring Goldberg in as our older Ghostbuster
1: goldberg goldberg the wrestler no oh. <laughs> goldberg i don't know goldberg why his name just
0: left <laughs> uh, yeah from the
2: mighty ducks
1: Ah,
2: uh, oh really keenan keenan thompson oh keenan thompson i mean not for oscar necessarily no not for oscar great I mean, he's older, too, at this point, but I think he would be a great fit. Right, because
0: you were talking about having an older guy kind of join their younger
2: crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the other person that came to mind, because I think he was actually discussed at one point as being, when they were talking about rebooting, or not rebooting, but kind of passing the torch. And I I feel like Jonah Hill could have a real good, because he's slimmed down. But he he also definitely brings that attitude with him. He's not always like you know lovable every time. You know he kind of can have an edge. So I was wondering if he might be a good thought because you know that movie um, you know with Ben Stiller and uh, and Jonah Hill was in it, and then you had um, uh, our uh, buddy from Swingers. Who, I, who am I blanking on, on right wait, now? Wait,
1: Jonah Hill. No, come on. Let's let's Joe, Jota Hill, Jonah Hill. Bad boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's never the bad boy. I mean, let's let's like again, again thinking about like you know, the guys from Sons of Anarchy is who I'm picturing. So and that's not Jonah Hill. Now what about? Let's get crazy now. What about Shia LaBeouf? I actually he actually ran through
2: my head first. I thought you guys would yeah. poo poo that, but I thought he would actually be good at this point because
1: he's, he's could he be uh, Oscar? Yeah, sure. The that Bill Murray raises. Oh I mean, yeah, absolutely. yeah. All right shia oh, laboos okay. shia
2: you're back you're back in action nice. congratulations
0: all right do we need we need a pretty boy in this don't we
1: yeah are we doing the pretty boy and the bad boy, or how are we yeah, well I, I mean
2: shia pretty. would be your bad boy and then yeah. who's our pretty boy i mean are we giving this one to channing tatum or is it too too no
1: small no he's too old he's too him. old he's and he's not and he's not pretty boy. He's he no. would be too much bad. Boy. What? He's my wife thinks he is the hottest thing ever. Yeah, oh,
0: no, no, but I'm he's not saying
1: that. I'm saying
2: But he's bad,
0: bad. boy hot, not exactly. a, good guy oh, hot. Oh, I see what you're kind saying.
2: Of yeah, okay. Uh, right, should so. we
0: go Zach
2: Efron? Whoa, hey. That might not be bad actually. Cuz I mean, he's pretty like the neighbors, he's, right? He's he's using his yeah, comedy, he right? But like he's going
1: for the bad boy thing himself too. If we're going like pretty boy, like rich well, kid, pretty boy.
2: But that's the thing. But he would fit that really well if he just grabbed that character. If they gave him that, that attitude and said, "Look, this is what you're playing." I think just the, his look would inform that type of performance. Even like just we just assume he's that way anyway.
1: Spoiled rich kid. Yeah. Is that what sure. We're talking?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, right. I know he's kind of like the saying, nice I mean, guy. Know, in a lot of Let me things.
1: be honest. I haven't watched a lot of Zac Efron films, so you didn't see well,
0: Seventeen
2: again and all those other.
1: Uh... Well, either
0: him or Dave Franco.
2: Yes, James's James's brother. What's what's his big thing right now? I hear the name a lot. Uh, now you wrong? see me too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know who that makes me really want then though, because I think he was in the first. Was it, wasn't wasn't Dak Shepherd in the first? Now you see me? No. He wasn't? No. Uh, can we put him in this movie? Because he's great. Uh, <laughs> is he still?
1: Yeah. He's been a while. Well, because I was thinking, even though I try not to cast him in anything, but Jesse Eisenberg is everywhere now. That's true. I mean, yeah, but Michael let's Cera. avoid it. Michael Sarah! Are we leaving him oh. off the table?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: As the, as the spoiled rich kid? No, well, he's too awkward. He would be. Like, we just want an awkward kid, like that's. Well, but he, his he could be mind. the
2: third guy of the group. Maybe he's like kind of the mechanical genius guy, but he's like the timid, weird one, that has to kind of. Okay. Eventually, he steps up to the plate and it like has an awesome move where he busts a ghost, you know. But okay, but
0: we're we're also treading dangerously I'm so, here. I'm
2: so so. <laughs>
0: in in whitewashing the whole movie.
2: Oh, uh, well okay I, I see what you're saying but so we already,
0: so we're forcing well yeah. the girl we were talking possibly Asian American mm-hmm.
2: right. something like that
1: right well she how old Hudson already so
2: how old is that Mindy what what's you know the Mindy Project no. girl no we don't like Mindy her. Kaling no
0: no I like
1: already? her but she's
2: uh,
1: no, too old I I, I, yeah, I like her she's too old and she's not she's too um, I mean, like in The Office, she's too, like, absent-minded is her character she usually plays. Hmm. So it wouldn't be, like, I'm picturing more, like, yeah, ridiculously But, Steve, smart. but see, we're,
2: we're casting, we're, we're typecasting people. We're saying they don't have the ability to play beyond what we've seen them in. That's why I feel like maybe she's got that in there to be kind of, like, the you know, the nerdy, ambitious, but kind of, like, because that's kind of how we discuss that character is she's like ambitious but not that great so she's kind of like ditzy in a way, even though she's obviously got book smarts but maybe well, not she's book smart sense. but not street smart.
1: And she yes, is like and she is older than the rest of these people though.
2: Yeah. I mean but that, that, that's not a problem necessarily. It's I not, mean all okay. unless we're saying the girl has to be young and hot, you know, like and that's the point. But I don't think that's oh, no. the kind of kid no, no. casting. If we're not doing a Megan Fox here, you know, like... So I I feel like you get a character that maybe has a little bit more depth or something that's a little different. Hey, Nassim! Ah! Nassim Pedrad. If we're going for Saturday Night Live alumni, and she's we great, are. and that's she's true. got... We are. You know, she's, she's got a very... But I do feel you know, like...
1: Right, I do feel like the comedian part. Well, I mean, I guess you assume if they're on Saturday Night Live, the comedian goes hand in hand with it. Uh, but the comedian yeah. part is more important than the Saturday Night Live part.
2: Yeah, sure. But that's what I'm saying. But Nassim obviously has the the comic chops sure. to play oh, that yeah. kind of character.
1: Well, Nassim... so I'm fine with both of them or either of them.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be good actually. I I mean, you know, Mindy Nasim, but like Nasim's a little bit younger, I think, is she? I don't know. I don't know how old Mindy Kaling is, but I mean I know I know you know Nassim is what 30 35 I mean everybody's going to play younger maybe you know They're, they're way. about
0: the same age. Yeah, yeah But so. I feel like yeah
1: Nassim so... might play a little younger but Yeah. Um,
2: um I, well, are yeah, and,
1: and are we
0: ones... oh. are we too uh, handcuffed in saying we have to have four?
2: Could we introduce a fifth uh, in the middle of the movie kind of thing? Well, what if there was? What if there was a uh, somebody who's training to be the uh, like? I, I, I had a containment unit specialist. In mind. So there's somebody who's almost like a, a security guard who just like watches the containment unit, make sure nothing happens. What if there's somebody who like always wanted to be a Ghostbuster or doesn't get to be? They just have to be security and they're kind of schlubby. Or maybe that's the Keenan Thompson character. He's like, I've wanted to be a Ghostbuster, you know, ever since they, I saw him on the news or whatever back then. And then he finally gets his yeah, moment eventually.
1: Well, and that could be, because I know we had initially talked about, like, the middle-aged man that would be amongst all the kids. So instead mm-hmm. of the middle-aged man, is just the guy that, yeah, doesn't quite fit in.
2: Never gets his shot and then finally does, yeah.
1: I think that'd be good. That May, be good for um,
0: maybe that might, well, I don't know if we want to put Keen in there, or maybe that's Mindy Kaling's um, role. She's kind of, uh, she was part of an older crew.
1: But she's not she that old. In... That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think she... Does she seem super well, neither old Neither is you? neither is he, though, right? Yeah, Keenan
2: Thompson's not that old. I mean, Right.
1: They're about the same as far yeah. as that's concerned. So it, wouldn't be, the, saying, it, it yeah. wouldn't be the age thing anymore. It would just be the... Because now that, for me, like I would believe Mindy doing something like that, where she plays that, like, nobody's giving me a chance, and they all think I'm a ditz or whatever. Okay. Like, I could totally see that. So you
2: have another female character in the mix... Right, right, and, right. A, and that's a good the way like,
1: to go. which, and I mean, we could even have. I mean, you don't want to make too many extra uh, extra characters because then the audience doesn't know what to do with itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, to have like her, where she's like a like a paranormal enthusiast, like maybe she she's she's on the outside. She doesn't even work for the Ghostbusters. She just keeps wanting to get in, and so she keeps bringing like, hey guys, I heard about this, and they're like. Uh... <laughs>
2: And they have to rescue her, maybe. She goes out and tries to catch a ghost herself at one point with homemade She goes
0: equipment. vigilante.
2: Yeah, they have to save her. She makes like, her yeah. own proton pack,
1: but it's just like <laughs> lightsabers or lights or something.
2: It's like a Hello Kitty backpack with some, you know, some cables. <laughs> like a out.
0: super soaker.
1: Yeah, That's exactly. Good. With
2: like holy water in it instead. Yeah, Perfect. something like that. Okay. All right, so I think we got that. Now, oh, who's going to be like the Boogeyman, or is that just more like a voice and a CGI character that we sort of see in the shadows? Like, for our big bad and the, the killer Watt type... Oh, no, we're not doing that now, because Janine is the one who's being seduced to,
0: right. to take care of that. Um, So, Boogeyman, who, uh,
1: who oh, voice-wise could we yeah, want? Yeah, I think it'd be cool to do a voice, but, like, yeah, I don't know if it's that vital... Because that's the thing, too, for me, like, that I'm not terribly excited about, about the new film, is the new film looks like it's just a CGI fest. Which, yeah. the old ones, like, had more of that look. Like, you could connect to Vigo, even though he wasn't my favorite villain, you could connect to him because, like, he was a, you know, person. You could see him. Like, as opposed to if he was a cartoon, like, eh. um In the castle of Pain, I sat on a throne of, of blood. Throne. Uh, All right. But, <laughs> the, the, um, but since a lot of the film, he'll probably be just, yeah, a voice or, you know, you know an
2: email message. Yeah. So what but about... I just feel like he'd, he'd have to have a minion he talks to so we can understand what his ultimate plan is so that we see it. Even though Janine doesn't see it, the audience needs to understand what's really at stake so there's suspense. Yeah, um when she's doing those things, so maybe he's just, like, maybe he is somebody who's just, again, on the other side that, you know, he has, like, his little, like, sidekick jerk, you know, that he <laughs> that he messes with, but that's what I'm saying, like, could it be somebody, like, I feel like, again, it has to be someone with a great voice, but that has comedy stylings behind them, you know, it isn't just, like, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, who seems ooh, ooh, to do every ooh. deep, dramatic voice, you know. That's true.
1: No, I've got my two. My two, my first one would be, oh, of course, and then it just leaves my friend, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown would be my first one because all he's been known for for the last, like, ten years is SpongeBob, and come yeah. on, man, you've got to <laughs> yeah. give him more than
0: SpongeBob. No, 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 he was Lex
1: Luthor. Yeah, but they remember him for SpongeBob. And he well, even says when he walks down the street, they're like, oh, my God, it's Mr. It's Mr., uh, Squidward Patrick. or whatever it is." is. Yeah. Said, no, he's not Patrick. He's the. Oh, bots. he's not Patrick. No, Mr. Krabs. Mis- Mr. Krabs.
2: Oh, yeah. I misunderstood Clancy um, Brown's contribution to SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. apologies.
1: But my second one would be either Clancy Brown or Sean Bean. Those would be the two voices I could.
2: See. I'd say I'd like the idea of him having an accent. I think that always adds to the evil. So you get a British guy doing it, I think you get a little something extra for your for your money. So I I would vote Sean Bean, for something like that.
1: Irish, I was, like
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I was thinking maybe like Tony
2: Todd or... Um, Unless we could Tony get Mark Todd. Hamill to do it, because he does great, you know, his evil oh, Joker voice. Evil he Joker. He does voice over work, but I think he could do a variation that could be something really sinister, but... Really entertaining. You know, I think Mark Although, Hamill, because he's back into acting on like a larger scale now, yeah. to put him in there would be kind of fun. Mark Hamill
1: doesn't really do the big, like, deep voices. That's but what does I he have to
2: he be? Could, could the boogeyman be more maniacal or more, you know, a little bit more twisted? Well, except than, for he's you know, more diabolical. seductive,
1: though. Well, actually, you know what, though? That is the thing is that he is pretending to be Egon. Mm-hmm. So for Mark Hamill to do like an Egon impression. Uh-huh. I could I could believe him over. Well, if we're gonna do
2: that, literally. then you just get you get Maurice Lamarche who did Egon on the Real Ghostbusters. Right, that's what I was Brain thinking. From Pinky and the Brain, and, and he already does like his Orson Welles kind of deep voice, but he could yeah. mix that with a little Egon when he needs to. I think that actually could be. It, okay. and, and, Of course, the fans. That would be an Easter egg for the fans that we would really enjoy. You know, so Maurice Lamarche, is the boogeyman.
1: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Power to the voiceover workers!
2: Yeah, that's great. all
1: right. So,
0: director-wise, are we? Do we have a director in mind? Any music?
1: Is Ivan still working? If Ivan's still working, I want Ivan Reitman.
2: Or we could get his son, although his son doesn't no. necessarily follow in the footsteps of his same style of film. But because um, Jason Reitman in Ghostbusters 2, he's the one who who told the Ghostbusters they were full of crap. And they say, well, some people have trouble believing in the paranormal. No, my dad just says you're full of crap, and that's why you quit. <laughs> Jason Reitman. Um, is,
0: is this something where Dan Aykroyd would
2: direct? Does he direct? I don't even know. Has he directed in the past? It seems like something he'd naturally do, but I don't recall ever hearing of a project that he was at the helm of other than writing it. Yeah, so I, I know she's...
0: he's done some writing. Let me see. Yeah.
2: But I mean, do we want to keep it in the camp, or do because like that's the thing is, are we trying to go for kind of like the classic connection, old school feel, or do we want like an innovative new director who kind of comes in? Like, I mean, not not like Judd Apatow, who's you know like an established attitude already, which I don't think fits this universe. But like, is there somebody who's like a more current comedy director or you know actor slash director who who well, would work?
1: I mean for me which one, by the way, yeah, Ivan Reitman is still working. He actually is producing the current Bo- Ghostbusters movie. Okay. Um, and his last movie was my super ex girlfriend. Uh, uh-huh. no, I take that Draft Day. Oh yeah, that was Draft Day. That wasn't bad. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was his last movie. All I, right, love I, Ivan you're Reitman. Back. I love Ivan Reitman's movies. And the thing that I like about him, he's not necessarily a comic director. Like I mean, I guess he is. He did like Dave mm-hmm. and he did but his comedy has a little bit of like
2: you know? It always has heart. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it, it and there's so many comic directors,
1: yeah. I don't know that they get that.
2: So. Yeah, okay. Ivan's back. All He's right, anything
0: tomorrow. specific with music? Do we want anything special?
1: I like the idea, which one, and that's the thing too, I mean, we didn't really talk about it, is that the theme song from the original Ghostbusters was so, I mean, they played it on the radio all the time. It was. I think it was a number one hit, wasn't it?
2: My, yeah and my mom used to do aerobics to to that song like oh, yeah. it, 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 like <laughs> it was that big a deal and like even it was even nominated for an Academy Award that year as for best song you know from a motion picture soundtrack so, so I mean I'd it was love, huge
1: yeah I'd love and I mean it's kind of like I've always appreciated the 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 um, uh, mission impossible movies for the fact that they've Hired a different band to do a different take on the Mission Impossible theme for every movie. So I think that would be kind of neat to get somebody else to do a version of the Ghostbusters theme song. Hmm.
0: Oh, so kind of like they did with the Ninja Turtles uh, they've yeah, done. They've, a they've had a different different take on it, a remix or something like that. Maybe just mix it, redo it together? in
1: together. The Vanilla song, going into Go Ninja. <laughs> they worked
2: it in, yeah. Yeah, they worked it, it, it in in the end. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like I guess was who's, who's a modern artist that we think could give it. I mean, Kanye. Bruno.
1: No. Huh? No, avoid him. Loves. I avoid. Yeah, Kanye at all costs. I know. I always throw him out well there. For but your
2: he's, career. he's talented, even if he's a jerk. Come on. Is
1: he? Is he? <laughs> on a side note, have you seen his his rant on Ellen about all of his brilliant ideas? No. no, no see it on no. YouTube. It's Brilliant. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. Walt Disney is dead. <laughs> what? Anyway, but so okay. Kanye not not no but but like Bruno well Bruno Mars would be an interesting take. Um
0: Bruno, uh, maybe maybe even like Calvin Harris. He's more of a DJ that would kind of remix it. With somebody okay. modern.
1: full on re-recording, but I mean like uh yeah. Or maybe a, maybe a
0: collaboration between the two of them? I don't yeah. know.
1: Or Did uh it have to be a, um, a
2: male um, vocalist? Similarly? Could it be a, could it be a female singer? Could you get, you know, someone in there like, you know, a Katy Perry or something to give it kind of a I pop like edge? Because it, it was a pop song when it came out.
1: You it know? was, but it's too dancey. I mean, I guess Katy Perry is dancey. Yeah, it's that's what far. I'm saying.
2: Like, right. you get somebody who – and she could, she could have some fun with it. You could imagine the music video for it, you know, with her. She would, like, dancing go full sharks.
1: on. Dancing charts so,
0: <laughs> so let's do um, Bruno and Katy Perry each Katie do their <laughs> own version. Okay. That we'd play, cool we'd out. mix in during the rest of the movie, and then during the big climax would be, you'd have the duet,
2: it crosses like a over. third yeah. remix,
0: like crossing the streams, you'd have <laughs> the remix cross.
2: <laughs> nice, sure? very good marketing okay. there, I like it, I like it. Okay. okay.
0: Well, Jump to the top of the charts.
1: Yeah, well, we'll get people... I just we'll want to throw out excited. a shout. That, so last time we combined, let's see, we combined Lady Gaga and um, <laughs> uh, Miley Cyrus. This time we're combining Katy Perry and Bruno Mars. Right?
2: There you go. Hey, it's what we do. We, we like to bring people together. Collaboration is the name of the game.
1: That's what we're all about. That it like is. Queen and
2: David Bowie, uh, Rihanna and, and other people, ice. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Okay, any –
1: that's what I was going to say. Any final Uh, words? (laughs) I do want to say, although I can't say them or I will not say them on the air, but my two favorite lines, which one, Ernie Hudson, maybe the best line he's ever said in his career. (laughs) So when he looks at the bear, he says, Man, I've seen that would turn you white. Oh, Oh, that's fantastic. I just giggle every time I hear that. And, of course, cats and dogs living together
2: mass hysteria yes (laughs) One, one of the great lines and i'll i'll just end on this look jeff jeremy if someone asks you if you're a podcaster you say yes all right all right
0: on that note it is time to go find us on twitter at sqpod on facebook search sequel quest instagram we're at sequel quest or just search Sequel quest one word, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Overcast, or most of your podcast listening apps. Email us your requests and suggestions to SequelQuestPod at gmail.com. And until next episode, keep your eye on all the sequels, and we'll be back soon. Hold on, the music is not playing. Hey! when you're walking down
2: the street and you see a little na, da, ghost, na, da, what you gotta na, do na, da, about it? monsters?
1: <laughs> oh, you were, I'm up.
2: Da, 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 da. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control, you know, you know, you know.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sequel Quest, and invite you to join us next week for another discussion about a film that never was. Share your ideas with the Sequel Quest universe by visiting SequelQuestPod.com, following us on Twitter at SQPod, on Facebook by searching Sequel Quest, or sending an email to Sequel Quest pod at gmail.com let the world know how much you enjoy the show by leaving a review and five-star rating on itunes all films and characters discussed on sequel quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders no copyright infringement is intended hey,